Blog Talk Radio. Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. Tired of living like a blind man. I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling. And this is how you remind me. This is how you remind me.
I bring you greetings from a world of which I live in within my own head, which is a good thing. The story of the preceding song that you just heard is steeped with meaning because it relates to every soul, every experience, every fear. Good evening and welcome, dear soul, to King's Philosophy is Love. I am your host, King Teasdale, here to share revelations and insights and love. Tonight includes songs from Bob Wally and Earth, Wind, and Fire, Marvin Gaye, and others. I am joined with and by my co-host, the wise and intuitive Arlene Cahet. Hello, my dear. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Excellent. Why won't you say hello to our guest, please? Hello, family. It is so wonderful to have you join us one more evening. Thank you, beloved. I appreciate that. We'll be getting back to you momentarily, okay? Okay. Okay. Thank you. She's helping me with my soundboard and getting me a little more aligned with the technicalities of these matters. She helps me keep grounded. I am so grateful for her presence in my life. And I say, hallelujah. Tonight... We opened this segment with Nickelback singing, How You Remind Me, because all of our lives are filled with experiences and memories, some of these of which we are blessed or of others we may feel we have been cursed. But on this show, our focus is about you the love that sustains you, and your ability to become more than what you had previously realized of the who you are, which is an expression of in the flesh. Tonight's program is the... I'm listening. I, I'm listening to to the pouring rain out here. We actually have a storm coming through, and there's a possibility that there's some lightning and thunder going on with it. So, um, if you happen to notice that we just left and ain't here, <laughs> it's because the lightning has got us. And uh, just wanted to let you know that about tonight's show is the spiritual mystery. Where your fear comes from. But at this time, we are going to allow my presence to welcome your presence and letting you know how grateful I am that you are here. And in so doing, 
we also will allow us as vibrating beings to atone and attune to the gratitude of life vibrating as one. So doing, we say, oh. this show is not about religion. This show is about the journey of your soul. All is spirit, yet all life knows fear. Whether good or considered bad, nobody remains in this dimension as flesh and blood because our spiritual mysteries are forever before us as energy yet revealed. This journey of living is forever unfolding even as it is told that all things are made new and yet we resist change, even toward our greater good. People to no longer remain locked into doctrines and beliefs that no longer serve. Yet habitually, many will not move forward. This is the beginnings of self-made imprisonment which prevents greater positive growth. You know, it is written in the book of Isaiah, remember not things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That is a profound statement when we think and we look back at what we have experienced over a period of decades, over a period of centuries, as though there's nothing new. But in actuality, through divine intention, we come to discover divine operation is always about expansion and fuller expression. This means the production of something entirely new, something beyond what has gone before, not included in the past experience, but proceeding out of it. Therefore, do not allow scorn and contempt of the things of the past. Yet at the same time, do not allow the past to enslave you to a life without change because you choose not to release past experiences without discovering new growth. 
let me say this again. The scripture tells us, and when we look in the cosmos, we discover that there is fashion of creation ever, ever, forever moving forward. And the scripture tells us, I am doing a new thing. It is because divine operation is always about expansion and fuller expression. Now it springs forth, and so many have yet to perceive that this, when we come to recognize the truth of our being, the truth of our existence, the truth of our spirit, we can come to better understand that this means the production of something entirely new, something beyond what has come before, not included in the past experience, but proceeding out of it. Therefore, do not allow scorn and contempt of the things of the past. That's, that's things such as, you know, the, the, our, our, our elders who, who clung to the word that was preached from the pulpit, whether the minister himself was true to what he read, whether he was in his humanness. We have to understand that God's presence is eternal and always. Yet at the same time, we cannot allow the past to enslave us because a life without change is only reflective of us not releasing the past experiences and discovering the new growth that is required for us to expand, to learn, and to be a more evolved being. Life is a mystery only to those who choose it to remain as such. For it is also written, nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, what is the spiritual mystery of fear? Where did it come from? And greater still, from where did you come? It is written, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a sound mind, which is also known as self-discipline. God did not give us the spirit of fear. You have to ask yourself, from where did it come? God didn't give it to us. And there's a reason for that. Because of the way he loves us and the way love emanates from the source of all creation, there need be no fear unless there is something that is trying to separate you from the source of creation. So have you forgotten that God 
did not give you a spirit of fear? And if so, why? I'm here to share with you that your true existence is far beyond the physical makeup of what you now know as your human body. Now, don't tell me you forgot that. You are a spiritual being in a human body. Please be not deceived, for believing is half the battle. The complexities of your human existence came long before your earthly conception. You are the dream and aspiration of countless ancestors come before you. I'll share with you that again. Your true existence is far beyond the physical makeup of what you know now as your human form. You are a spiritual being in a human body. For believing is half the battle. The complexities of your human existence came long before your earthly conception. You are the dreams and aspiration of countless ancestors and spirit beings that have come before you. And yet, the Bible and other ancient books are full of passages about coming out of darkness, about deliverance from darkness, and turning from darkness to the light. Could there have been a detour about your current existence that no one speaks? Could your fear of the dark and your fear of the unknown be linked to such thoughts? Did you not remember that life is full of choices? Choice truly be soul, but every living soul is subjected and susceptible to manipulative action against knowledge revealed. No one is exempt. Hence my reason for our sample song, How You Remind Me. You see, words have power and expression beyond average assessment. As I listened to these words, I could see how the experience of my life actually remind me of the what and the who of me. It reminded me of my stubbornness and my growth, of which it was all to help me learn, grow, and reveal greater truth. My hope is that this is also true for you. This dialogue is an open discussion. A dialogue of respect of which we all can partake and be participants in order to carve a path to a more to be more free of fear ever before. Arlene, are you still with us, my dear? Yes, I'm still with us. How are you feeling about our discussion thus far? 
Um, I feel that uh, that is pretty accurate in terms of, of what you've been sharing. Um, the uh, I I could truly um, relate to what you had to share about having you know um, operating out of the space of of past hurts and things of that nature. Um, and I'm I'm going to conclude because you I don't recall you actually saying it directly, but those past experiences that we may have had um, cause us to be in a space of of fearing from moving on from the present, the the, the fear of actually changing and recognizing that we're in a different space. It's it's almost like that uh, that scene from The Lion King when Rafiki hits Simba over the head and and he says, uh, you know, what did you do that for? He says, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. Yes. <laughs> so a lot of times, you know, a person's circumstance may actually change and and they don't, you know, because they are not really present to what's taking place right in that moment um, that they that they stay uh, in that past moment because the body does not you know and they're 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 having the same chemical reaction within their body from that that previous experience just based on the memory but it's not something that's actually taking place um and I am going to conclude that the, the reason why you brought that up is because that's one of the, the fears that many people have of, of not moving forward and being being afraid of change. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times people see fear as a place of darkness, um, a place of uh, that's uncomfortable for them. And they will accept fear as an aspect of a dark space. So what is fear? It is a learned response that many believe comes from childhood traumas, childhood experiences, traumas and bad experiences. But did you know that fear can be a dormant emotion locked down inside the DNA of your soul, awaiting awakening? Yes, the awakening from the dark to bring you back into the dark. And by the way, how does darkness play into this life of living when we have been told time and time again that you have been freed from darkness to come into the marvelous light? Interesting, isn't it? I so, think Arlene, so. I think so. Um, I would. I just want to make mention: if by chance the thunder becomes too much, and um, because I'm I'm more in a dark studio than you, <laughs> if it becomes too much, let me know, and uh, we can get off of these or get away from these electronic devices, so we don't um, have the fear of. Uh, the thing blowing up on us. <laughs> that, that wasn't funny. That, that wasn't funny. 
right now, I, I think we're fine. Uh, I still see quite a bit of light outside. Okay. So I will ask that audience allow me to work truth through these lyrics of this song from 2011 that Nickelback sang called How You Remind Me. I like the song because of the words, and, it, and, it, and, and, and let, me, let me expound upon it, if, if I may. The song says, never made it as a wise man. I couldn't make it as a poor man stealing. Tired of living like a blind man, I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling. And this is how you remind me of what I really am. You see, at one time I refused to accept wisdom was attainable because I chose to choose myself unworthy of receiving it. Then I discovered if I refused to think differently about life, then life will never open freely. I then remembered I prayed for wisdom, and God answers the prayers of those who believe prayer to be answered. So I give thanks at this point in time from the experiences in which I've had to proclaim that my prayers have been answered because I do believe wisdom has come upon me. And I don't say that. I say that in, humil- in humility and in, in a humbleness because God is all and all that I receive, I receive it through my connect with him. So I discovered I am a two-part being and that without opposition, I am unable to better identify myself. That without the mirror of life, I find great difficulty in seeing my own reflection. Therefore, without a sense of feeling, I am living like a blind man, especially if I choose to live ignoring my own imperfections, living life, stealing precious moments without giving any back in return. This is not right. I'm ashamed of myself on one hand to even admit to being in such a space. But yet, on the other hand, I am grateful for my experiences because it teaches me how to better live life. But you see, these are just some of the sparks of fear that are ignored because we choose to be detached and connected. Yet we keep waiting for a different story, living wrong and living lives of low esteem and depression while in the consumption of alcohol and drugs, excessive food intake, hurting our hearts and family, not loving ourselves while asking, are we having fun yet? 
my dear beloved ones, fear comes with many faces. As I carefully assessed the remainder of the song, I began to see how the experience of influence can bully us. It can confine us or define us into becoming everything we are not because we harbor fear in our being as though we must live with it. So the song continues saying, it's not like you to say sorry. I was waiting on a different story. This time I'm mistaken for handing you a heart worth breaking. And I've been wrong. I've been down into the bottle of the bottom of every bottle. Hearing these five words in my head screaming, are we having fun yet? Nah, it wasn't. I can tell you from my own experiences, it wasn't. Bottom of that bottle, it wasn't. Taking them drugs and acting like a fool, it wasn't. Acting as though wisdom was not mine to obtain. Nah, I wasn't having fun. But I played myself because I didn't want to step into the spirituality of myself because I was afraid of myself. The song continues. It says, it's not like you didn't know that I said I love you, and I swear I still do. And it must have been so bad because living with him must have damn near killed you. Wow. This is how you remind me. This is how you remind me of what I really am. So as I looked at that, what I discovered is that The he who damn near killed me was the energy and the vibration of the negativity of the life in which I was living. We call it the devil made me do it. So my question is this. How long have you been living with the devil? Metaphorically, categorically, allegorically, it doesn't matter because you ought to know that devil is actually the word lived Spelled backwards. The question you've got to ask yourself is, how long will you continue to remain in the darkness of the unknown? And who are you giving your heart to? Are you really dedicated to fear or are you dedicated to love, to see that fear? of something, some way, somehow. It is ours to obtain the power, to obtain the acknowledgement and the wisdom to understand that fear does not have to rule us. Fear does not have to be 
that controlling attribute that keeps us bound and keeps us from doing what we have come to this planet to do. Love brings me out to say, darkness can no longer be part of our being. I come that you too may discover where I am. That which I am is also that which you are too. You see, the mysteries of God are available to all who are willing to receive them. The key word is willing, for it is written, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So why is there such a pervasive fear of darkness amongst humans? Why is there such a great fear of the unknown? Have you ever questioned this, especially when knowing that fear is actually known to be a learned behavior? Have you ever come to the sum of these parts to make a whole? Is there actually a difference in fear being a feeling of dread, darkness, or gloom in comparison to fear being an emotion or an emotional state of existence? Is it that we are afraid that something is coming to get us? Are we afraid that maybe that something coming is the unknown realm of death? Wait a minute. But how is this possible when nobody lives forever in this human form? I mean, no one spiritual mystery that ties fear with darkness, death, and the fear of the unknown. Can you stand releasing old paradigms to accept the possibilities of new thought? Hmm. Inquiring minds want to know. What say you, Arlene? Can I let them go? Yeah, I, I can let them go. Um, one of the thoughts that I did have um, in regards to, you know, people um, and their fears is that if they came into full revelation of who they really were, that they would be afraid of that. I think that the human experience in and of itself, um, it's it's easy for us to get distracted by our experience. But, you know, the ultimate goal here in, in life is to go back to source. Everything in all of the spiritual texts, the text that we can think of always talk about going back to source. It is always that place of redirection. And I think that people get easily distracted. Like, say, for instance, you know, and, and mind you, this is a little bit of a digression, but uh, okay. you and I, yeah, you and I had had this talk, but um uh, the the uh, there were some people that I was transporting and they were having this 
conversation and this and the the girlfriend uh the girlfriend had stabbed the uh <laughs> the boyfriend in the you know in the kneecap and she was uh, telling him to take yeah you know she was telling him that his bleeding all over the person's at uh, the person's car that they were in when that happened that 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 was his fault now wow. mind you at the time <laughs> mind you at the time and um i the place that I was taking them to i I wasn't aware of what that place was but I, I guess there was a part of me that was like, this is some really crazy, this is some craziness that's going on here um, with this conversation. And then the guy wanted to draw me into the conversation. And then he eventually relented and actually admitted that it was his fault. Now, clearly it wasn't his his fault, but, you know, if she hadn't had the knife, then he wouldn't have had a hole in his knee and he wouldn't have had to have gone through, like, months of physical therapy. I mean, it was it was crazy. So when I take them to the place called the Baltimore Playhouse, I I actually researched and found out what that place was. And and it turns out that it's a BDSM um, uh, a place where people go, go to. And I guess I was like, it, 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 let's just put it this way. It put that conversation into a whole different uh, light, in a whole different perspective, because they are actually uh, living out that particular lifestyle. But I suppose my my initial thought was like this: uh, it, it was so irregular, um, and so operating in a place that I I did not understand um in in regards to relationship and it it invited a certain level of of what I would consider uh darkness and fear into a relationship because, you know, there there was a strong possibility that the guy might get stabbed again. <laughs> um oh. But but I, I suppose I, I bring this up to say that I think that um, that with some people that they spend so much time in that dark place, or maybe they are are being influenced by um, dark the darker experiences of their past. Uh, that that it it is in in and of itself becomes an addiction. You know that you have this addiction to the darkness because that I I don't under you know I, I myself don't necessarily understand pain or that type of pain and and wanting to have that be a repeated experience um, and that I guess my thinking is is that that there must be a thrill in the the thrill in their experience of actually operating in that you know, operating in that fear. Um, but I, I suppose I think the family would really like to know um, where would you say that that fear actually comes from? Like what what kind of pushes 
people towards even that the addiction, the fear of like operating in that place of of not moving forward, of not being present, of of you know of um, and for those who do want to overcome it, what should they do to overcome it? Well, it's interesting that you had mentioned the um, bondage. I think it's um, bondage, domination, um, sadomasochism. Sadomasochism. Okay, mm-hmm. because that, as I state, as I stated earlier, I said the question is, how long have you been living with the devil? And 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 categorically, devil is merely the word "live" spelled backwards. So people are living in a a backwards sense, if you will. Um, we have been freed of being in darkness, yet there are those who have a desire for the chemical release of the um, hormones and the endorphins that they are addicted to and they can't break free. I believe truly that the darkness is the place of which we have been freed from as a people collectively because before we became human beings, we were just spirit. And spiritual beings come from all different, they they are of all different levels of existence. We know of celestial beings. We know of the angelic beings. We know of what they call demons and those who are bound to darkness and they cannot get out. I believe that we allow ourselves to be absorbed by negativity and when we feed off of negativity, we fuel the energy of negativity in life's experience in and of itself. And all of this is the residue of living in a dark place before we were freed. You know, in previous conversations, I brought up how I thought it was interesting that the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then there's a comma. And then it says, the earth was without form and darkness covered the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. I contend that that comma is a world of experience all in of itself by itself because God created the heaven and the earth and there's nothing else mentioned about heaven and what was going on. But when we check out the book of Revelations, we discover that there was a battle, a war in heaven 
of which the devil was defeated and cast to the earth realm. And the lesions, uh, I think they said about a third of the angelic host was tossed down there with them. We can only speculate and surmise. But when we think about darkness and we think of the light and knowing that the light was called forth and we are now called forth into the light, it is expressive of the way in which we live our lives, whether we're living in the negative aspect of existence or whether we're living in the positivity of the love that life has for us. I remember in my college days, I was in my 20s and I wanted to become a doctor. I had become so depressed about the way in which life was presenting itself. It was around the time when uh, I think it was Jim Jones had poisoned hundreds of people um, and we were in a uh, a movie theater on the on the camp college campus, looking at this movie called The Chainsaw Massacre, of all movies, right? I'm sitting up there watching this movie, tripping out because I'm looking at the behavior of what's going on on the screen, which looks like total madness to me, and I'm like. I, I couldn't sit there. I, I left the theater, and I was on my way to my dorm in the dark, contemplating all this negativity of life. And that particular night was a night of which I received my greatest hint of fear because something swooped down and brushed against, against my my my. my my hair, because I was wearing a bush, of my hair that, that scared the bejesus out of me. I was like, whoa, 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 what what was that? Right, I looked around. I couldn't see anything. I'm in this old college campus out in the country. There's nobody on the mm-hmm. campus. Everybody's all caught up in mm-hmm. what they're doing. And I'm sitting up there walking to the dormitory. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. This this, this is crazy. I said, all right, all right. I said, get myself together. I'll, I'll, I'll be all right. Let me just go ahead and just continue walking. And as I thought I got myself together, whatever went and swooped on me, swooped on me again in such a manner to where it nearly knocked my glasses off my face. I hollered, I screamed, and I hollered ass. <laughs> because I was like, okay, there's the stuff that you can pretend is happening. And there's the stuff that is really happening. I was like, I don't have time to decipher whether which one is what. I'm getting up out of here. And I I ran. I ran. My heart was beating so fast. I'm telling you, if anybody knows what fear is, I can tell you I do. <laughs> so that experience alone. But I learned one thing about that. I learned how fear can capture you before. Some people believe fear is a place of which they're supposed to live. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I brought up the question about, you know, are you 
choosing to live in that place of fear? Or are you going to be dedicated to love, living love? And it's living love that, that frees us from all of fear. The scripture even says that. And the reason I use scripture so much is because that's what I find the truth in. I have allowed my spirit to become a discerning spirit. And what does not resonate with me, I can't vibrate with because it is not vibrating at the frequency at which I am. So I know that when I read the very, the, the number of books of which I've read, and there's numerous ancient texts, one of the most profound for me is the Holy Scriptures because it is not just a text. It is a living document. If you allow spirit to connect with you and you with it, then the spirit of the words that are within will reveal themselves to you so you can better understand what is being written there. And I'm at a place right now to where I am stepping out on on faith, which to me is another component that opposes fear. And in, in, in making the proclamation that in a human body of which the energy and the manifestation of God himself is what generates our vibration, our energy, our frequency. And we are connected to that which is living thought, the living thought of God himself. And all we need to do is be attuned. And in so doing, we can transform our lives and we can transform our world. I hope that helps with uh, expounding on what she was asking, Arlene. Yes, we did. Thank you. So, so I I see when 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 I decided to come to the people with what spirit had led me into understanding, even though I was afraid, I did not proclaim the mysteries of God with eloquence of speech or as Mr. Know-it-all. For I decided to know nothing but spirit and love. I came searching myself and the stillness of living thought. I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling with a demonstration of only being a servant to the Most High God who goes by many names and is the power of love and forms all that is so that no faith should be judged against another, especially when it is love that stands in exhibition of what we say and do. It is of this power of creation that brings forth all men and the existence of all that is that I stand now more mature yet humble 
by your presence as a testimony of God's will that you are here and that we are loved. You know, we came to this place where the vicious live, found that the wicked seem to be running the function of ill living through a compromised conscience because evil came to earth before time began as it was darkness that was upon the face of the deep as the Spirit of God was hovering over or keeping guard over the face of the waters before God said, let there be light. Songs of freedom, 
I know that God has a purpose and a plan for me, and the purpose and the plan that he has for me is fear has nothing to do with it. So I just have to learn to get out of my own way and just operate in the love that I am, that God has created me in. And once I come to the realization of that I am love and all that good, great stuff and, you know, all that other negative stuff, you know, because operating in fear, because I didn't know that that's what I had been doing all my life, is operating in fear. You know, no, I don't want to do this because I'm not going to do that. It's not for me. It's for you. It's for someone else. But no, I can't do it. You know, so, you know, and then, Jackie, you got it. You can do it. It's within you. No, it's, no, I can't. Uh-uh. I don't have no education for that. I don't know how to do this. You know, always talking my way out of something. But please trust and believe. I'm going to make sure that you get on the right road, King. Please trust and believe. I'm going to make sure I encourage you so that you can go to your highest. So everything that I would give to you, why not give it to myself? I'm still struggling with that. I'm still struggling with that. Even in this right now moment, I'm struggling with that. (laughs) To give to someone else what I don't give to myself. So I I do have a suggestion because I think that for many people, the, the idea and the concept of, of moving past their fear that many of us are thinking that we have to make uh, very large leaps. And so mm-hmm. one of the one of the things that I know that I've done for myself is to actually write down like what are the steps for whatever it is that I'm looking to um uh, you know, what it is that um, Source is calling me to do. So one thing is, uh, for for whatever reason, the Source has gotten, gotten me up in front of a large audience and I'm talking. So maybe um, I, I would say that one step in the direction of actually moving past the fear is actually writing down the speech that I see myself giving. Um, Another step may be like, for instance, the creation of the meditation CDs. Um, One step that I've taken is gone ahead and writing those meditations. And I realized um, I actually a little earlier this week that I've actually written um, almost all of them except for one. And the next step is actually calling the the sound recording studio in order to make that happen. So I actually did actually move on those uh, on those things. I I would say that um moving past your fear is taking the baby steps and not necessarily, you know, keeping the larger vision in mind, um, mm-hmm. but taking baby steps towards that direction. Another thing, I, I haven't acted on it yet, but I will be acting on it next month, is uh, joining Toastmasters in order to uh, clean up some idiosyncratic ways about the way uh, my speech pattern and things of that nature. Um, 
and that's another uh, another step that I can take, but actually writing it down because I think that one of the things that happens to us is that we see the division that source has given us, and we are afraid to actually afraid to actually act on it. So that is just mm-hmm. one suggestion. And I, the other one is, you know, um, asking for source to reveal your I am nature to you. Because I, I will say that when I started doing that and actually asking source, you know, when I am the I am, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What I noticed was that I started doing things that I had not, uh, I had been afraid to do <laughs> in the mm-hmm. past before. One thing was entering uh, entering a, a, a lip sync contest. Um, uh, another thing is actually is being uh, actually singing in front of the. Um, to you know, people at the church. Now they want me to join the praise team. That's not necessarily my thing, but um, that's just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of great mm-hmm. suggestions. Um, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, the more that I find myself trying to get to move in my own way, the more I find people is coming after me at church as well. And I'm like, why do these people want me to do these things that I'm just not really sure about within myself or really comfortable with and why are they still reaching out to me? And I'm so I guess I'm running from my calling as to what God wants me to do. Maybe that's what's going on with me. I don't know. Perhaps but um you know, if they if they are pursuing you just you know, just that one thing that they're asking you to do, maybe just take the plunge with that and uh, with one thing. You know, if there if there are a whole bunch of you, you just say, you know what, let me just try this one thing out, let's see how it works, and then move forward from there. Okay. Thank and also, you. Also, Jackie, what I'll also add is um, stay mindful that within you is that spirit that is guiding you and it's motivating you into the space of your heart's desire, what you have been brought to the planet to do. The, the aspect of fear in and of itself is pretty much designed to keep us back from helping and assisting as we ought by divine design. Because, you see, the the one who operates and manipulates us through fear is using fear in order to keep us from our purpose. And so there are those who are waiting and are waiting for you because only you can do what you can do the way you do it in order to free them. Yes. Yes. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Okay, we have one more caller, area code 773-994. Yes, yes, Welcome. yes, yes. Hello, hello. Hello. This is Mama hello. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm just fine, just fine, just fine. 
I I I thought you guys came on an hour after I did, but I I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, Jackie was on. I I that was a cool little story you told. Whatever that was flying hitting you in the head. That was, you know, people up north don't know too much about. It. I don't know what I don't know what campus you were on, if, and and if I can see anything with the trees and the shadows and. It's dark, and you walking down there. It could be quite fear, frightening. But one of the things that you were talking about, and uh, you spoke about fear, and and um, and how easy you know that we shouldn't have fear. We should trust in the love, and 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 you also spoke about the dark places, and um, that 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 is historically true for. For, for many of us, particularly those of us that come from the South. Um, when you're in a, a, a dark place, and if you were born in that, you don't know. You don't know. It's it's the norm. It is the norm. It is the norm. Uh, and you're not even aware of how deep your fear is uh, until situations come up that... Uh, that you discover that you have you carrying some fear in some things. I know my I went on a retreat with my ladies uh, to a uh, a retreat out out in the woods. I always said I love the woods, but it came out at night and, and this night the moon was very bright. And I I stepped downstairs down the stairs to go out to take a look at it. And as I was Following the moon, I didn't realize that I had gone into the trees, and then all of a sudden, when I looked at the trees, it looked like they started talking to me. <laughs> it was like, oh my God! All I could think about was the lynchings and things like that, because these were the stories that you know you 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 would hear a lot when I was coming up. So I, I know that I heard you when you were saying about the dark places, and, and and made it seem like it's a real simple thing to get out of, but. It's difficult finding love because even when you find love, you don't know it's love. My alderman here in Chicago, I work through the community, and you know what? She says, oh, Joy, she says, you really love what you're doing. I said, no, I don't love it. She said, you you love it. I said, no, I don't love. I said, uh, I'm just doing this because I want, I want the community to get better. I want to watch my kids. I want people to look out for my kids. She said, no, this is love. So I, I know <clears throat> it may sound a little strange, but for those of us that have been born and reared in, in that, now that was about 30 years ago, uh, sometimes you may not realize that we really don't know love. And and when I worked through my community and I just was just extending myself a lot and trying to figure out why, why the motivation, why the lack of energy was there, I realized, number one, that they didn't know how. Too many people in my community didn't know how to love. And not only that, the second thing I noticed is that so many are sick, so many are ill. And tonight a gentleman came on the line and he said to me, he says, you know, hate, hate is the enemy. And when we say things to ourselves or have negative feelings about other people or we engage in conversations. We make the places dark, don't we, King? So we have to be mindful and early we have to be mindful of those conversations. 
And I just want to close with this one. It says here, before the truth can set you free, you need to recognize which lie is holding you hostage. And um, in Scripture, say, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And uh, what do you say about that, about some people who want to know the truth and hear the truth, but then they don't want to live by it because it's too much of a challenge? That keeps you in darkness, doesn't it? Just something to think about. <laughs> and the reason why, yes, Arlene, I heard you speaking, and I'm gonna close on this one, Arlene. You know what? I, you know why I have my pro, my, my my talk show every week, so that I can, I can practice getting over my fears. I do, I I, I do it to to get over my fears, so that I can learn how to speak plainly and 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 don't agitate and don't don't hurt so bad. <laughs> you know, I want to get this that agonizing wrenching that goes on in me and so I do it every week to to help me to get clear about joy. Thank you. Sorry about that King. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. Yes, it, it's real. Um, one of the things that I have in, envisioned within my head is years ago I was reading a book called Dante's Inferno and there's a various levels of hell they that that that's claimed to exist, and this um, this this the, this writer's description of what hell looks like, and in one of those um, levels of hell, there is these things called gaffers, and the people who live in this section of hell, they have to stay in the muck of the hell. Uh, swamp, and they they have to stay down in there because if they don't, the gaffers will 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 spot them and come down with their claws and grab them and snatch them up and and just claw them and peck at them and and tear them to shreds and drop them back down into the muck. Um, but each one of these persons who or spirits who are in this muck. Uh, they they believe that they have to have to breathe, but you know they they are spirit beings. But they're so caught up in their physicality, they are locked in a mindset that keeps them in in bondage as well, and in torment at the same time. I I think back when I look into my consciousness of uh, the mysticism, if you will. And I, I come to believe that there had to have been hundreds of thousands of years and eons that these angelic beings that was cast to earth was locked in the darkness that they couldn't get out of. Um, and let's, let, let's, let's postulate that in these beings that was cast to earth, there was those who had to obey the the uh, orders and the instructions of the one who was in charge because this need to maintain what is known in the military as um, not being insubordinate. You had to follow instructions. It was just the way in which things was because obedience is the key. 
And so whether the officer who was in charge is right or wrong, you aren't supposed to step against what this person in charge is doing because if you do, then you are being insubordinate and you are out of order. And um, there's a punishment behind that. And let's say that in this concept of being cast to the earth and being in this darkness, that's all that these beings existed in was the darkness and the the torture and the, and the torment is embedded inside of them. And, and they can't do nothing but live that experience. So in my extrapolation of this thought consciousness, what comes to me is the one who battled in heaven against devil and the, and the, the, the dragon and cast him down to earth was known as the archangel Michael, which was the chief angel. And some people tell me that that chief angel is actually Christ himself, but his name is Michael when he's in heaven. Yet, when we look into Revelations again, we find that Michael, who is the one is the one who's riding on the white horse, if I'm not mistaken, and on one leg it says Lord of Lords, and on the other leg it says King of Kings. And so I imagine that in the extrapolation of my consciousness, that this 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 the Son of God came to God and said in compassion, Lord, you know, all of them weren't bad. They just was following orders. They were just following the instructions of that accuser down in freedom. And the Father said to the Son, well, you're going to have to put on your armor in order to go down there to do this. And the son said to the father, well, you know, if I, I beat him here, I, I know I can beat him there. Uh, there's no challenge as far as I'm concerned. And the father gave permission for it to be so. And so when he came down, there was those of us who could have been locked in that concept of darkness. And we were freed and was able to come into the marvelous light when the Lord said, let there be light. And we now have to go through years upon years of purification in order to come to another level of awareness and consciousness so that we can, we have been called to do because God never gave us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of fear was put inside of us because of the experience that we had in the darkness that we shouldn't have been in in the first place. But because it has happened, we have been given what is required in order to have the strength and the power to move forward into a new dimension of existence. But the funny thing about fear is that it can be an embedded element that people just can't shake off. You know, um, you know, I, I continued in my studies and I discovered that, you know, fear is uh, the basic tendency to detect and res respond to significant events. Science has discovered that even the simplest single cell organism detect and respond to significant events and the reaction 
to detect and respond danger is a survival mechanism. As a survival mechanism, it's found to persist throughout all living organisms. Fear is the emotion most thoroughly understood in the brain process because of the conditioned stimulus that activates the automatic network of hormones and hormonal feedback that determines the intensity and the duration of the aroused state, which in turn directs the behavior to decide how to cope with the threat. Fear is classified as an emotion like anxiety, which occurs as the result of threats that are perceived uncontrolled and unavoidable. Fear can present as a sign of weakness in not knowing your power or not being aligned with your identifying power. Fear is a feeling induced primarily by a sense of perceived danger occurring in the present or anticipated or an expected risk to the body or to life or existence to not exist, uh, such as a parachute not opening after jumping out of a plane (laughs) Or, or feeling no tension on a bungee jump at the most critical point. Many believe fear to be a learned or pre-programmed condition of thought. Science have even surmised that fear response can be linked to an evolutionary past, such as sleeping animals that awaken to see its predator standing right before them. You know, the emotion of fear has been coined false evidence of appearing real when no threat or danger is present. Uh, Janine was so blessed so kind to bless us with the experience that um, Will Smith had when um, they were going to do some skydiving. I I love that story, and I I think that was so cool. Yet, the feeling of real fear of the loss of life in a perilous situation has been known, captured, and controlled by thought manipulation alone. I remember a story someone told me where he was being chased by a uh, tiger. And he had to run, and he got to this cliff. And when he got to the cliff and he saw the tiger coming, he had no option but to go over the cliff itself. He saw a branch down there. So he jumped over the cliff, and he went and he grabbed onto the branch, and he was holding onto the branch. And there was just a branch that really wasn't holding his weight. And he could see that the branch was giving way. And as he was standing, not standing, but holding on to this branch, and, and he looked up at the tiger, and he knew he couldn't go back up there. And he looked down below him, and he, he saw that, you know, certain that once this branch gives way, he's, he's going to, he's, he's not going to make it. He's going to die. This guy, places when they call it a rock and a hard place, decided to be present in his experience, and he looked around where he was, and he he saw a, a piece of fruit or some kind of 
Barry that was beside him there. As the branch was continuing to dip way, knowing that he was going to fall, he decided the only thing he could do was to eat the berry. So the thought manipulation we have can shift where we are and it can conquer fear because it is truly overcoming fear that makes us great. I believe there is that which exists in us as a dormant program embedded in the DNA of our spirit form that has left an impression on our physical human DNA by experiences of seeing and watching traumatic acts throughout our lineage, whether spiritual or physical. But one thing is certain, whether in our humanness or not, if darkness rules, we're going to have problems. And that we don't want. So at this time, we're going to play a little song by Marvin Gaye called In Our Lifetime, which kind of gives a story of what that experience was before everything came together as one.
um, when um, Shane was bringing up the analogy of being thrown down in the mud. The, the essence of who you really are is the lotus flower that is born out, that comes out of um, the mud that is, is this beautiful blossom that that uh, epitomizes uh, enlightenment and growth uh, out of coming out of what you would call the dark place. And ultimately, what we would want to share with you is that the reason why people call uh, fear of false evidence appearing real is because at the end of the at the end of the day, the game is already won by the creator. The light has already won, and that and the light that created you, uh, that infinite intelligence that has created you, already knows what this is about, that ultimately you have already won. Important is that you step into that place of knowing that it's already won. Go in to any particular area or space in your life knowing that it's already won because the creator created it. Divine infinite intelligence, that loving I can't even call it a being, but the creator who created us already knows what the game is. And regardless of whether or not you step into that place of doing what it is that you are being called to do or somebody else does it, the creator is always working for the betterment of life itself. There's no way for you to really get it wrong. All that is necessary is for you to come into that that absolute illumination and understanding that it's already won and walk into whatever it is that you are looking to walk into with that confidence and with that knowing. I know that because of our experiences, it can be challenging to know that that is the way that it is, but think about how many times in your own experience when you knew what you knew what you knew and that there was no there was no compromising with what your vision was and you charged for the universe had to yield to whatever that was. So the fear that you're experiencing even if you take small steps in towards that towards that direction of going to that place of overcoming it, know that know that the universe is supporting you, that infinite intelligence is supporting you, that the Creator is supporting you, and with that type of backing, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, on this planet, on this earth regardless of whatever it may look like that can stop you from living and being in that place of absolute certainty that you are going to win because that is how the creator created this game. And I'm complete on that.
right, thank you, my dear. You know, um, greatness is having the ability to move all fear to the activity beyond that momentary space in order to go into the newness of a place you've never been before to where you've never been before. That's the amazing thing about our experience in this life of which we live. Oftentimes, these are new experiences that are before us that seems to be challenging, something that we haven't really done before. But as we stated earlier, preparation is always for expansion and a fuller expression. Our current energy about fear is steeped in whether we identify as a what or a who. Who? Oh, speaking of who, I think that was an owl with the thing that chased me out of the woods at school. Someone had shared with me that there was an owl on the campus that may have had a um, a nest nearby, and because of it being afraid, it actually attacked me because it felt threatened. So um, I'm, I was so grateful to hear that because where my head was at that time, all I was thinking was that the demons was coming to get me, and you know it was like they were going to take me out. So. <laughs> Even if they made the story up that it was an owl on the campus, I was okay with it. (laughs) But, but yeah, that thing rattled the heck out of me. Anyway, (laughs) it's interesting to observe this what or a who because the difference is between whether you see yourself as a who or a what. You see, who denotes ownership, identifiable? Well, some word that matches that is what I'm trying to say because when we look at the word who, it denotes ownership in which we can identify with. It's the subjectivity of belonging where the word what denotes the question of the presence that is separate of ourselves or excluded from other things. So who kind of denotes ownership and what denotes a sense of separation? And when we think of that, we can see the energy of positive and negative energy where God's love claims us for himself, where dark energy, negativity, evil, if you will, separate us from ourselves and from all of those who are around us. It is a rather subtle but when you belong You are a who. When you do not belong or not clearly identifiable, 
you are a what. Therefore, what begins to confront the who I am? We are gods because we live in the energy and the vibration of that which created us, that which did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of might and a sound mind. Oftentimes, life is the experience of opposites so that you become aware of what you are not. Then identity is what everybody seeks to find. And yet at the same time, it is identity that limits and confines you from being a liberated soul. We all are, at the minimum, two-part beings, of which in this plane, in this dimension, we have no concrete escape. Our existence is both positive and negative. What has control is what seems to frighten us most. But without opposition, I cannot identify my other side. Without opposition, I cannot clearly define who I am. Without the mirror of life's living, I would find in seeing my reflection. Without you, and you, and you, and you, I would find great disappointment in not really being able to see myself. You see... You are my reflection. You are what reminds me that I am not alone. You are the mirror that helps me better see what I am and what I am not. You remind me of who I am and of what I am in the I am. Oh, that felt good. Arlene, you want to do us a favor and hit us up with some of that Bob Marley, um, that thing called Exodus, because I'm feeling that energy of that song because it's like we really need to understand of Exodus where the people themselves, they didn't even want to move from where they were in order to obtain their freedom. But something happened that God allowed them to come forth and get up out of that. And God is allowing each of us to get up out of that. Thank you, Arlene. I love you. I love you.
Yes, yes, yes. You know, we're almost at the end of our program, but I just want to share with you that, you know, a lot of people don't recognize that unforgiveness fuels fear and produces bondage of our heart and mind and soul. I'm willing to forgive so I can free myself from the chains of the past. You see, you have fear because you consider yourself to have accepted yourself as being weak. You have accepted yourself as being unidentifiable. Fear can be a blessing or a curse. It could prompt you to action to protect yourself, or it could cause you to be paralyzed and not move at all. You have to accept your identity as being a part of the whole. Your identity is key. Your identity gives you power. If you do not know your power and the power you possess, then it will hide from you and you will hide from it and you are afraid to seek it out. And when you are afraid to seek it out, cannot find your greatness because you have hidden it against yourself. I've enjoyed being with you all tonight. Thank you so very much. This has been a blessing for me, and I hope it has been a blessing for you all. Uh, as always, uh, remember that... Uh, you can pick this up on uh, Blog Talk Replay. Arlene knows more about that than me, and I'm going to let her close us out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, you can catch us on the replay, and we are also um, downloadable on Stitcher. Um, if you want to listen to some of our previous episodes um, on uh, podcasts, so we are also on Stitcher. We're still working on iTunes, so we will ha- just stay tuned, and we will inform you when that happens. Um, is there anything that you want to, or any particular uh, music you want to close out with? I know I'm good. I'm as long as our audience is good. Um, I guess if someone wishes to make a comment, uh, we can give them a moment to do that and. I'll let you uh, roll us out. Okay. Um, well, I'll I'll quickly open up the line, see if anybody has any comments. Hello. It, do you want to say anything before we get off the air? And I think that's a no. So what we're going to do is I think you told me you wanted uh, this particular song. So this is uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire's Eagle. <laughs> 